Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Uh, Concussion is a poignant sexual examination of Abby Abelman. Is a star-making turn, in a star-making turn, a married and wealthy 40-something lesbian housewife who suffers a blow to the head, only to find herself re-examining every corner of her suburban New York, New Jersey life in an effort to confront the mounting desire for something more. We're joined today by the director of Concussion, Stacy Passon. Stacy, welcome to Film School. Hi, thanks for having me. And thank you so much for being here. Um, what a wonderful film in so many ways. And uh, let me gush a little bit here uh, before we get too far into this. Um, this is a, the, the acting is just across the board superb. The story itself is uh, just so intimate. Uh, and I, I, I'm just curious, oh, where did the story come from? I know you're also the writer in the film. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of, of Concussion. Well, um, I had, had, had read, I, was, I, I, I turned 40 and I was starting to read a lot of the, I don't know what happens when you, when you sort of hit midlife, you start reading a lot of the stuff that you read when you were 20, you know, again, mm-hmm. just for a new perspective. And I started reading um, a lot of sort of femlit 101 stuff. And um, I, I start, read the vagina monologues, and I saw the lesbian hooker. And I was, ex- I was extremely uh, intrigued by that. And at the same time in my life, I had been a mom and stayed, staying home for a while with my kids laying on the floor with my kids for, you know, five, six years um, and working intermittently, but really being a mom. And um, my son is an incredible baseball player. And even at eight years old, he could throw like you, you can't believe. And I was playing catch with him and I wasn't looking and he beamed me in the head with this ball and I just hit the floor and blood just started sort of gushing out, and I had to get an MRI, and I had a you know, slight concussion. Mm-hmm. And I remember waking up the next day just being really, really hazy and saying to myself, I mean, I, you know what, I have to do something else. I have to start writing. So the idea of this lesbian hooker and this sort of concussion um, that sort of made me write um, was really the... The impetus of the story, I mean, the, 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 the genesis of the story. And at what point did you say to yourself, uh, you know, I, I, th- I see, a, did you write it always as a, uh, the idea of making it into a film? Was it ever a consideration for a play or was that always no, in your mind? I'm a film, I'm a filmmaker by trade. Yeah. You know, I was a commercial director and producer, so I think I think in that world. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was just one of those things where it, it come, things come out very visually for me, and um, I don't love to explain a lot, as you know, probably from watching the film. So yeah. um, I just I, I love filmmakers that do that. So I, I I just I find that the best way to I guess express myself I like it better um, there aren't so many words on the page when you're screenwriting and um, you know and I don't know maybe I'm a lazy writer or something and I don't I don't love to write books and plays and things like that so um, no screenwriting is my thing well and and that is the beauty of the uh, motion picture medium and that is that 
you can learn a lot about a character uh, just in visual cues, and that's what I got from from watching watching Concussion. Was we, I picked up a lot of information and just in watching uh, what we were there, the interaction of of the two main well. It's hard to say main characters. Uh, uh, the Kate uh, Julie Fane Lawrence's character of Kate Abelman, um, because mm -hmm. there are there are a lot of main characters in your film. I think that's one of the things I appreciate about it. You, in addition to Abby, played by Robin uh, Wigert, uh, who is fantastic in this, by the way. There, the 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 story is spread around pretty evenly to uh, the people in her life, um, and although Kate is certainly a very important part of the story. Uh, I really appreciated the fact that we got a full run of her life in this in this film. Um, what's interesting about the character of of uh, Abby is be, be, she becomes a lesbian hooker. It's not something that in the general film lexicon we're used to seeing. This is a, a very different sort of character, and as a result, this character is is just unique as far as I can remember in terms of film. I, I don't remember anyone portraying a, a woman who is a is a hooker to women. I just it's not it's generally the other you're always thinking of of, of the other of heterosexual hookers, uh, if that's the right way to put it. Uh, well I, I, I think it's interesting because I, I don't mean to say that lesbians are sex workers, but I think that there was a stigma there is a stigma there was a stigma. It's much, much less of a stigma now. Um, there's a stigma about lesbians and gay people in, 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 in much the same way. Um, I, was, I was drawing out the idea of, of a person making their own decisions about their body. Yeah. You know, um, I was just trying to say, you know, I, I remember thinking, I wonder if sex work as women come into their own power and possibility that, you know, that if sex work will become um, more, uh, less of a thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And more looked at as something that is just somebody that, some, something that someone, man or woman, chooses to do. Um, with their body um, is to is to have sex for money, right. and you know it's one of those things that I I just looked at without judgment. I looked at I wasn't terribly concerned with the protocol. Um, I, I knew that she would have controls in place because that's the type of person she was. Yeah, and um, and I think that it wasn't. I think that she was looking for many things um, with her prostitution as she grew into it, but she was looking to access her animal self, see herself clearly for the first time. All of these are, are also feminist ideas. Yeah. And um, and also just do things on her terms in her time. You know, she only sees clients at Wednesdays, at, you know, at noon or whatever. And I, I think these are all the very, very basic and classic tenets of of not only feminism but individualism, and that's what I wanted, and I wanted to do it without judgment. And so, those are the sort of parallels that I drew between sort of lesbianism and sex work. I thought, you know, it would be really nice to to look at her without judgment mm -hmm. and show her what she wants to do. Lots of you know, some sex workers have come, you know, have talked to me, and some of them have thanked me for the piece because they they you know, I didn't do an entire. Uh, I didn't do an entire exhaustive research on sex work. Um, you know, I, I know that it exists. 
the woman, you know, woman for women. But I know that um, what I wanted to do is not really put her into any sort of sex work category. I wanted her to find her own thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was extremely it was extremely gratifying and Robin really took the ball sort of no pun intended and, and I guess no ball, but, uh, and ran with it. You know, she was incredible. Yeah. And she was. And you know, one of the interesting things for me, by the way, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Stacy Pesson, the director of the film concussion. It's a nominated for, uh, a, a spirit award for first feature. And, um, one of the things that struck me is how differently, women approach sexuality and how much more complex it is than it is for men. I mean, I can only speak for myself, and I, maybe I'm revealing more than I should here, but I, it just it seems there were so many layers to the, the sexual uh, encounters, if that's uh, in, and in the way, just very different feel. Uh, that you just uh, the nuances and you just don't see that for generally in film and I and I can appreciate what I think is a very different approach by women in those in those in that realm is that well, a I, th- I think that each of those women you know okay in, in terms of sex you know I, I didn't show very much sex in the film you know so so they might have gotten down you know gotten down to it rather you know rather quickly after I cut away um, but but the, but the issue I thought was, I, I thought that the general theme of it was, you know, these, are di- these women are different refractions of who she is or would be at a certain point in her life. You know, I saw, I mean, if you, if you sort of take a look at all of them, and, and this is sort of a narcissistic thing, but they all sort of look like her, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And they all sort of um, project like her in a way, you know, um, you know, Maggie and Robin look very similar. She looks very similar to the woman, the first woman, you know, um, and there's sort of different refractions of who she is, who she is as the child, who she is as the student, who she is as the mother. And these are very classic sort of themes. And, um, and it, it, it meant the sex meant less to me than the, the, um, the, the journey about who, who she was, you know, and, right. and, you know, in that way, the film is very soft, you yeah, know, right. um, and in that way, it's very feminine. And I wanted her to be in a natural world. Um, you know, the, the walls are green um, in that beautiful loft situation. There's a lot of light. And, you know, and it really, it really is an exploration really of who this person is and how she ends up trying to figure out what her ideals, idea, new ideas are, boundaries are, um, how she sees herself as a wife, as a mother, um, as a sexual creature. Um, th- these are these are the these are the ideas and concepts around it. So yeah, well, I, th- it's very I th- also it's hard to do that and also be like rough. And, <laughs> well, <laughs> right, and I, and I, yeah, and I appreciate the way you answer that is the way I should have asked the question, which is I wasn't necessarily talking about the sex itself. It was. It was in the in the nuances in their conversations prior to to that that that, that, that I found I found interesting. Again, when it comes women to women do like women do like the talking. 
Yeah. They do like the talking, Mike. They are <laughs> they, they they do like the talking. Um, you know, they 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 need a little they need a little rev up time. You I know? knew there was something. Yeah. I okay. Yeah, I was they missing. do. Okay. They do. So that's that's actually very astute. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, it, yes. I just it it and There's I'm. No- t- there's no dropping proud and going, you know, <laughs> just going for no, it. No, I, I under, I, okay, but in, in the but in terms of cinema, again, I think this is a, a, a different kind of feel than uh, than with a, in a sex worker in in. in environment if you will that, and oh, that's yeah. and what you were talking about yeah. where you were she's talking compl- she's completely i mean like it, it, it's also not necessarily a film that's you know not i mean it's not a film that's up its own toughest it's it, you know it, it it understands that it's ridiculous you know it's a ridiculous some, somewhat ridiculous premise really? and in that way it becomes kind of dark satire um because she you know she uh you know, some of the stuff that she does is completely ridiculous, you know, and hilarious because, you know, she, she has to do it on on her time, you know, on Tuesday. She wants to meet them first. She wants to go out to coffee with them. I mean, it's, yeah. it's silly. It's just downright silly. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and her and her, her construction worker slash pimp is the first person to tell her that, you know, you can't do these things. But it was really important for me to be like, you know what, it needs to be on her terms. So that's the way this hypervigilant housewife would have made it. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I, I didn't. I. Wow. I see this less like a, I mean, I saw I bought it. I bought into the into the premise and I bought into her way of doing it because the 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 girl. Uh, seems so accommodating to to these arrangements, and, the, and it helped her make that all work during for yeah, her for yeah, herself. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah this just I, I, again, I think it's just an insight in 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 terms of sort of cinema uh, that into uh, this into her character first of all, and secondly, just in the in the approach, which I I agree, I think it is much more what how women are and how and and how they approach. I just found it a, mu- a much more honest approach to that idea than I've seen in a lot of in almost any other film for that matter yeah yeah now in uh as I said I mean this is a this is a pretty big cast of people how many how many shooting days did this uh did this take uh 22 I believe 22 shooting days well you had a lot going on because really there are a lot of setups there are a lot of there's a lot of characters coming in and out of the of the film that must have been a very hectic shooting schedule for you it actually, it actually wasn't that hectic. It, um, you know, there were, you know, we weren't in enormous amounts of locations. We had yeah. a house in the loft and, you know, uh, 10 others, you know, 10, 15 other locations. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it wasn't, it. as a matter of fact, my producers would laugh at me because I would be done by 4.30, but the, <laughs> but the, but the, <laughs> I get tired. Um, I should, I should shoot in France. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, they only love eight hour days. Um, so no, I, I think that the thing that made it so, made, made it easier was the, the cast. Um, I knew that I wanted to have like awesome actors in this thing and, and, um, you know, everybody, I, I, everybody I, I saw who had agreed to do it, it was, was just, so sharp and they, I mean I mean you can, I mean we saw Robin Weiger she she would be in like four minute one shot scenes yeah, you know yeah. and she would just carry them off effortlessly effortlessly well you know that 
um, you know, yeah. when you're done, you're done. You know, I mean, I look at the, I look at the, you know, there's this one scene where she goes to the, the good hooker, Gretchen, and that scene is about three, three, four minutes long or something. And um, I remember it was just the master and we were, we were going to pu- push in, um, but, I looked at everybody and I said, "Well, that's that's pretty much what I want. Um, that that's 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 making this film special, you know, by just staying on her, and making her performance special. So, um, in this case, it was done, you know, and so we would be done with scenes sometimes just ahead of time, and we would just roll on to the next thing. And it was really an amazing acting exercise for Robin because, I mean, we would only wait to the extent that Robin needed time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, often we were, we were all set up and, and, and ready. We were just waiting for a change or a makeup thing or whatever. And Robin was amazing. She had 140 scenes, and she just blasted through every single one of them. In, in a brilliant way. I, I, as a matter of fact, I sometimes, I'm going to say something really kind of gross here, but I sometimes feel like she should have gotten so much more recognition than she even got. I mean, she got a lot of recognition for the role. She was, you know, she was part of, you know, she was breakout, you know, on breakout lists all over the place. Yeah. But I mean, when, when you carry an entire feature on your, on your back and for 140 scenes, and you do this level of acting in it in a tiny little film yeah. by a first-time director. I'm sorry. I sometimes look at people um, in Academy Awards situations, and I'm like, "Ha!" Huh. You know, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. I'm just I I can't imagine what Robin had to well, do in comparison to that, having absolutely no amenities whatsoever, yeah. like none, not one. She didn't have a trailer. You know, nothing. So um, she's amazing. She's amazing. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I did read a a little background on this, that when you met with her uh, the first time, first of all, what... What was it in her previous work? Was it was it a casting thing that you saw in her? The yeah, character? no, it was a, a previous previous. It was her, I watched her reel. She was my first choice. Okay. I watched like a many 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 acting reels, and um, it was really hard. We sat down, Rose Anne and me. Anne Davison was the uh, young casting director, and she loved the piece. And Rose and I, and and and, and we sat down and we were like. Okay, so we're going to be doing this small feature, and we could we can really cast anybody, you know. I'm never going to have this opportunity again, you know. Mm-hmm. And my, my feeling was is that I wanted to cast a stage actor or somebody who could disappear within a role because if I ta- ta- attached somebody who was very well-known, then it would just become their vehicle, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted it to make some sort of uh, statement, really somebody super good and super... Interesting. And when I saw Robin, there was this there was this great thing. She had this sort of ability to be really gorgeous in some roles and really messy in others, and really uh, change herself. She was chameleon like, mm-hmm. and I knew that. And I was really blown away. I think that when I was super blown away is when I saw her do Calamity Jane because I hadn't hadn't watched Deadwood. And then the other thing is um, when she did her scene with. Um, um, in Synecdoche, uh, yeah. uh, uh, New York, um, when she did her scene with Philip Seymour Hoffman. There you go. Um, that was insane. I remember sitting there with my wife, Al, and just, we would just, we just 
sat there and cried when she did that scene. And now I think about that scene, it's very sad. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but it, but, but I mean, she's, she was speaking in German and crying and <laughs> she was covered in tattoos and she was, yeah. you know, at some points in that film, she was naked and you were like, I think this is, this is right. You know, this is the right one to do this. So I, yeah, that's what I watched. Um, yeah. And, and I, now I understand that you had said something to her about getting prepared for the role. Uh, and she went, she she really threw herself into the preparation, if you will, for this. And yeah, I asked her. I asked her before she left. She went. To, she needed to go back to LA. And I asked her. I said, you know, I, I I live in a community where I think sometimes women punish themselves a little bit with exercise. And I think that this woman would punish herself with exercise, and that's how she would be getting this physique, you know. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and then she came back. She said she'd been working out with a trainer, Jane Marks, in L.A. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. Um, good. You know, but I I sort of had pictured, you know, somebody sort of very normal looking doing this role, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when she stepped off the plane, she had she had lost a bunch of weight and gained a ton of muscle. And I and she was like, a, I think she was like a She's like six feet tall and five two or zero or something, yeah. and I was just I, I I just my eyes bugged out of my head. I couldn't believe it. She was completely transformed, and um and and she did it in a way that was so cool because sometimes I would look at her and I would see just this absolutely beautiful woman, and other times I would look at her and I would feel sad because yeah. of how much she was denying herself and how hard she was working and how how she got into this character because of that and she was able to really fuse herself into the character because of the of the detachment and the and the um you know the numbing uh, you know starve the starving that she did she basically starved the hunger out of herself and um Boy, that's it was just so method. It was just <laughs> so yeah. it was such a pleasure to see, you know, in, in such a cynical age. It was such a pleasure to see that level of preparation. Well, and, um, and as, happen for somebody who was doing their first film. Yeah, for, and, yeah, for a little bit of money. Okay, and I was going to say, and and for you as a writer and the director of uh, Concussion, uh, that has got to feel uh, like you really been given a gift uh on the part of this actor to invest herself so so much in a in a role that, so that and that you're seeing this embodiment i'm sure you're seeing things in the characterization that she's portraying in it that you couldn't have seen in the writing of it that she just by virtue of her performance and her artistic uh insight into these things that must have really yeah. made you feel on set like we are onto something, and 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 I, you know, that this has got this has got to be a, a very special feeling for someone in your position. I, I can only imagine. Well, I I I um, you know, it's interesting because I it took a moment to, for her to click in because I think I was really harsh with her when she was doing the Abby, she was doing the house stuff because she would ask me for a compliment and I would say, why? Abby never gets a compliment at home, you know? Mm. And then when she was in the loft, you know, I, I'd be like, God, you're gorgeous, you know? And um, it, it was so interesting because I was trying to get her to do, to just basically, to basically have no emotion, you know, as Abby at home, you know, just yeah. nothing. 
And she she so doesn't believe in that because she's an actor and she's and she has to play the person, you know. Yeah. And so I would I I went more toward you know a, a tabula rasa, blank slate. You know the characters of blank slate, like don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because it was such a close. It was such it was a character that was so close to me that that maybe she felt that I didn't sort of know what the character wanted, and then she filled in those blanks. Mm-hmm. And that's the brilliance of watching a brilliant actor. Yeah, you know, because a director can't teleport exactly how a character is. Sometimes it's very hard to know. It's very opaque, um, and there are so many other sort of considerations. And I think that's why I believe in actors so much because that's the job, you know. And yeah. so I always say um, that Robin showed me what I wrote, but she did, you know, yeah. she did. But you know, I. I, I I learned a lot about this character, and I learned a lot about myself from working with Robin. So oh, that's 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 wonderful. And I am reminded, speaking of Synecdoche and and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and one of the clips I saw after he uh, recently, I think they showed it on the Daily Show. It basically was a clip of him saying, "No matter what you're doing." As an actor, whether it's an audition for a part you don't even think you want or or it's not you or whatever the reason, whatever you're doing, do your finest work, do your best because you you just it's because that's what you do. And it certainly sounds like that's uh, something that that uh, Robin took to heart. Uh, takes Robin to heart. can't not do her finest work. She, she's not built that way. She only can do her finest work. I think she was talking to me and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it. She's in a new film with Ed Zwick, um, and uh, that that uh, was directed by Ed Zwick, and she's with Toby McGuire, and she plays Bobby Fisher's mother, and oh. she was talking to me about her prep for that role, and I was just, I was, my jaw was on the floor. I mean, she learned an entire, she learned Russian, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and there was a few scenes, you know, and it was, it's so interesting to me that that's, that's her, that's her life, that's, that's her dedication, that's what she does, and, and I just, you know, you, you never want to be in a room with people who, you know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And whenever I'm in a room with Robin, I know I'm not the smartest person <laughs> in the room because she just, she is just that good yeah. and that, that invested, so, you know. So do you think that the recognition that Concussion uh, got from Sundance and other film festivals with the, the kind of buzz has, has given her, a, 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 a opened some doors for her? Is that something that... Because, frankly, I mean, she's been in some good work, but she's not not a household name for certain. I mean, she's but she's done great work. Concussions is that did that help? Um, well, I think that I think that Robin will open doors to the extent that she opens them. You know, I think that you know Robin is is a lot of people's you know a lot of people's real, I mean favorite actor. You know, I think that a lot of people really love Robin and. I think that I think to the extent that she chooses a play or she chooses a role, um, she's gonna she'll do that. I think it has to be something that she she really wants to do. And I think there are there are roles that pay the bills for her, mm-hmm. and there are roles that are really good juicy character stuff that she likes to do. And then there are plays. So I mean, there's yeah. I think you know I think um, I think she's she's really special, and I think that she's looking for real real challenges. You know, she's she needs to be challenged. So I hope so. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there are a ton of roles for women um, over forty, but you know, yeah. I hope there are. I think there are more now. Well, it does seem that way. I I I, I yeah. don't know. I'm not on. I'm not 
in the business to the extent that it would I would have any empirical evidence, but it does seems to me that you're seeing more and more roles that um, are are going to women over forty and even even older. Not every role, the the whole Meryl Streep that's a Meryl Streep role, you know that kind of thing. I think is fading a bit, and uh, so. Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the the success. Uh, I, I alluded to uh, the nomination for the Sundance Award, Grand Jury uh, Prize at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about the the film festival circuit. First of all, sort of the experience for you through Concussion, and then also being at Sundance and receiving that level of recognition. What was that like for you? Well, the the film festival circuit is um, really really fun, but it's very hard for, I guess, for somebody like me, because I am um, not a person that makes work that's universally, like, praised and loved, and I don't know that I ever will be, you know? Mm. Um, but, you know, filmmakers might say, well, that's that's good. that's the mark of somebody with a point of view or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just sweat every single time I have to do a Q&A. I, I know all of these things, all these questions will come up. I'm not sure I'll be able to answer them. You know, so that part of it is is is, is a little bit of a challenge for me um, mentally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I, the whole film festival circuit is, is amazing. I, don't, I can't imagine a better, better week than going to Sundance. That culture that they have for um, that that culture uh, of independent film is such a pleasure to be a part of. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's an honor, it's a pleasure. I never thought in my adult life that I'd have an opportunity to be there. Um, and the thing is, the thing I love about them is that they're so emotional about it. I mean, they just are so... I mean, if you watch John Cooper and some of the other programmers at Sundance, I mean, just they get choked up when they introduce a new filmmaker that they believe in, you know? And I just have never been a part of anybody believing so much in not only me, but so many others that were there. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was just fabulous, you know? Well, that that's 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 incredibly important for people who listening to the show who are filmmakers to hear that. I keep hearing it across the you know the spectrum of filmmakers that I've had the privilege of talking to. That Sundance, the Sundance Institute, the workshops, the, all the things that they do, is is just been a godsend for people to be able to go out and realize their own dream and visions. Uh, it, it's uh, that's fantastic, uh, and in. In that and reg- I didn't have I didn't have any like you know one thing that your filmmakers should know is I absolutely had no background I didn't I had never tried I had never submitted before I had never done any of that stuff I think the only thing that I had to it was my film and and Rose you know I mean Rose knew you know, some people yeah. over there, but not to the extent where they would ever, I mean, she, she's known other people, she's known other films that she's tried to champion too. And, and, you know, I mean, they, they, they said patently no. So the, the thing is, is, is it is, it is really a meritocracy in a, in a way, you know, it has to meet certain criteria and sure for them to have the film, but it, it, it is a meritocracy. It, I, I thought they absolutely had no chance whatsoever. So I mean, it was just it was just really, really, really out of the blue. So no, well, in that regard, 
uh, I know there's there was uh, along the way there was some uh, uh, resources that you were able to draw upon. Um, was it was it through the Independent Feature Project Narrative Lab? Well, how help help us a little as as budding filmmakers help us with some of the ways in which you were able to get the project to the point where you could roll camera. Okay, so. I didn't have any before I rolled camera. Okay. What I did is I was one of those foolish people with a dime and a dream, <laughs> with a dollar and a dream. Okay. And I and I basically said, you know what, I'm going to go out and my, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm of a certain age, and I had a little capital set aside, so I thought, okay, I'm going to go out and make a movie for thirty thousand dollars or something. And then it started just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I um, I didn't have any affiliation with IFP or Sundance or Film Independent or any of that kind of stuff. I just wrote a script and 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 started casting and made it. My friend Julie Fane Lawrence found Anne Davison, you know, casting agent was fabulous, you know, was, yeah. is a great is a coup to have. And then all of a sudden we started just rolling with casting, and then we shot, and then we uh, and then we started to post. And um, and the IFP has a narrative lab, which is a finishing lab. It's okay. not a starting lab. Okay. They have other like emerging things, but we didn't participate. I didn't even know about those. And so um, somebody told me about this lab, and I asked Rose if we should do it, and she said absolutely do it because it'll help track your project if you get in. But you know, I don't know if you'll get in because they get a lot of films and they choose ten. Okay. And so they chose concussion. And, and honestly, I thought that they should have chose concussion because they're really committed to diversity. So I thought, wow, I'm a woman, I'm a lesbian, I'm probably going to be the worst one. And so, like, <laughs> you know, because I'm, you know, but these were all first-time filmmakers. It's a first-time filmmaker finishing lab. So, you know, they got, they 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 helped us with some, um, with some ideas for finishing the film, um, you know, for you know, they helped, they introduced us to, you know, the colorist, for instance, that we use. Okay. And they, and they gave us an incredible, um, like week long intensive about how to market and dis- distribute the film as well. And that opened my eyes a great deal. Wow. So that, that is, that got tracked. Okay. That sounds like invaluable information, truly the business side, <laughs> the actual oh. business side of filmmaking. I called it. I think that they they did they did um, Monday through Wednesday they did, they did a lot of post production work you know sound and they had people coming in and showing us and you know marketing branding um, um, but then they got to Scary Thursday and Scary Thursday was how do you distribute your, your film yeah. you know <laughs> and and we just sat there and we were like I haven't really thought about this one yet. And it got scarier and scarier and scarier and scarier as the Thursday went on. And I think by the end of Thursday, I wanted to throw up. I was just like, what did I do? So, so This was a mistake. You know? <laughs> so is this the part where they, they basically tell you that your chances are between slim and none of getting the film distributed? Or was yes. it? Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's when they tell you that. And they're like, wait a minute. I thought I could put it on Vimeo and charge a buck. You know, <laughs> wait a minute. I thought it was. I thought it was being smart. You know. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, I had this whole thing happening in my head that I was smart and I'd, I'd be able to distribute this film myself, you know? Yeah. And they were like, no, you made a film and it was a life thing and you made a film and you're, you know, you, you know, you did it and, you're, you know, it's your artistry and it's your this and it's your that. But guess what? You know, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say that exactly, but they, but you know, they want they want to give you tools for independent distro because they know yeah. so few get picked up. That's the bottom line. Well, that's uh, that's great to hear. And I, there's some uh, no, that's that's important because as I said, filmmakers do listen, and I <laughs> budding filmmakers, first timers, and I want people to know the, the, they had, they have to know the big picture. And 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 you're not. I've heard a similar story from others, but. Uh, it's good to know. And, and again, having people who believe in you is obviously a huge part of this. You believed in yourself. You had Rose uh, Trochet. Am I saying that correctly? I don't, yeah. I don't know that I believed in myself. Let's no. just put it that way. Well, on some level, you must. You had <laughs> I to. I'm a, not think I believed in myself. Oh, okay. No. Well, that's in your next film, okay? That could be a... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 this has been a blast. I, I'm, thank you so cool. much. And uh, the, the film is Concussion. By the way, speaking of distribution and all that, uh, you can watch it on iTunes. Uh, you can go to the concussion website. Hold on, I uh, uh, where it was. I lost it. Where? What's the site? Uh, oh, it's concussionmovie.com. It, it's distributed by Radius TWC. Yeah. Um, and it is on iTunes, on demand, Netflix, all those, all these places. Yeah. And again, I. Uh, it is just such a. It's just such a good film that to watch. Again, the film is all. It's how to say this. It's a very well. It's a contained film in the sense that you get all the information you need. You get the characterizations that are that make you feel so attached to these characters uh, that you and it, you just feel like you're really a fly in the wall in this film watching these Plus people. Plus a bunch of hot lesbian action. Well, a fair amount. And I'm not going to say that I wasn't, I was, uh, you know, put <laughs> off by that. Yes, exactly. There is a fair <laughs> amount of, of, you know, some hot lesbian action. Yes. All right. I admit it. But, uh, but anyway, and, and just a terrific film, terrific film. I, and I'm so glad to see it get some level of attention on it. I just hope it is well-deserved for more. And, oh, thank uh, you. And, uh, and, and congratulations. Uh, you'll be out here for the Spirit Awards. All the best uh, as a nominee for a first-time feature. Uh, and and moving forward, I, I'm sure you've got a lot of great stuff coming up. So Thank you. I will be at the Spirit Awards. I will be the one in the back getting drunk. <laughs> Okay. Come find me. <laughs> Come find you, and and then uh, and next time uh, you know you're uh, you got something coming out. Let me know. I'd love to have you back on. Thank you. Stacey. Thank you, Mike. Thank okay. you. Wait. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Caspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.